Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us?
Would you please pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this um, wonderful opportunity that we have to come together again and worship you here. We pray, Lord, today that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we can focus on your message and receive your word and take it with us through the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. My name is Joe Cade. We're so grateful that you're here joining us today. Um, we're going to frame our announcements as we always do in our five practices. We've got a number of, of them, if you can um, hang in there. First of all, prayer concerns. If you would like to share a prayer with our um, Tuesday prayer group, we have ushers in the back that will bring you a pencil and a note card. If you'll just raise your hand, uh, they'll bring you a note card and a pencil. If you will write legibly and put it in the offering plate, then our Tuesday prayer group uh, will pray for you uh, this Tuesday. Uh, we have a new newsletter today. It's in the um, very back. I want to make sure that you take that. If you like one in your hands, make sure you check your email. If you like one digitally um, that you like to read on your phone or your iPad or your computer, whatever that may be. We believe in passionate worship uh, about that. You have a bulletin in your hands today. How many of you grabbed a bulletin? How many of you noticed there was a 9 o'clock bulletin and an 11 o'clock bulletin for the last however many years? There's one bulletin. A bulletin. And that there was white and tan based on paper that we had this week, but there's one bulletin, um, and it should have it should have your cover of the church. It should have nine o'clock worship order. It should have eleven o'clock worship order, and then it should start the five practices. I feel like I'm reading y'all a book in the head, though. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it should have the five practices as you go from uh, front to back. Uh, make sure that you notice that. And now, when you see a bulletin, just pick it up because it's going to be the one for the service that you want. Um, also, we have um, uh, new air conditioning in our worship space today based on two 15-ton units that I watch being lifted up on the roof uh, from a crane to have been out of the sanctuary as we're doing those renovations and they're coming along beautifully. And to be in here and to completely replace the air conditioning as we're in here is, uh, is, is daring. Uh, something to happen, but nothing happened and we're great and we got nice AC for our worship service. Um, we believe in intentional faith development. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I wanted to make an announcement about a different type of Sunday school we're starting today. Um, if you could do the next slide. It's called Finding Jesus. You might recognize the logo if you have young children, grandchildren, anybody who's watched the Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. So it is a sea-themed um, lesson. We will study an animal each week and learn something about Jesus from God's creation. For example, this week it's dolphins, and dolphins talk to each other. We need to talk to each other about Jesus. So I think that will be really fun. The room is decorated and ready for the kids. What's different that I wanted to tell all of you is that if you are a parent of a threes, fours uh, year old, um, they will be taken if they're already signed into nursery upstairs at 10 o'clock. Make sure you sign them in for the 10 o'clock hour and that will happen without you having to go move them. But every child from three to fifth grade will start their time in the straight room so they can get an introduction to the lesson. We have a great new TV in there so we can watch video clips of dolphins this morning before we launch into the Bible story. Um, but that way also I'm hoping that you who'd volunteer to teach for me, um, you'll have less prep in the summertime. I'll do the introduction and then you go play games that are age appropriate to your group after. So everyone will be picked up in their age level classroom, um, but you will start in the straight room if you are um, three and up. But I don't want you to have to move your kid if, if they're three or four, since that can be a, another transition you don't need in your morning. Um, 
risk-taking mission and service. We strive to practice that. And I wanted to mention that the Children's Critical Needs Drive is well underway. It ends next Sunday and we need um, supplies so we can make bags for the children whose families are going to Greer Relief. Something with a little bit of fun and a little bit of function so that they have something cheery to be offered when they go there. Um, and also can drive um, for the critical needs of Greer Relief and the fourth and fifth graders will take that over and stock the pantry on Thursday, uh, June 15th. Uh, Clemson is ahead today, but it's very close. So if you care about your team um, winning one way or the other, and I know you all care about Greer Relief, be sure to get your um, items in as soon as possible. Aaron. I'm going to call up Brett Hovis. Brett and Casey were members here before and very active. Uh, got moved to Texas for work and went to a great United Methodist Church there and have come back uh, to join us again. And Brett's got an idea. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Um, it's, it's a very exciting time of the year. I think everybody, if, if you haven't noticed that in the couple, last couple of days with uh, school being out, you know, kids are out for summer, teachers are getting ready to embark on a, a well-deserved uh, vacation, uh, you've got students that have graduated getting ready to start the next chapter in their lives, and uh, wedding season is, is obviously upon us as well. Uh, but your, mission, your missions team, we've been uh, very excited as well, and we've got some, some great opportunities coming up. I want to show uh, about a three-minute video uh, of something, an announcement that we're going to make on June 25th. And I want to invite everybody, I want to challenge you to be here on June 25th. Uh, we're going to have a special guest speaker coming from the Flower Mound, Texas area uh, to join us. And I, I think it's something that that all of us can get excited about as well. And uh, if, if you want to get involved with it, please reach out to me uh, directly and we'll have contact information for that uh, June 25th when the, when the major announcement is made. But for now, enjoy this video and uh, we'll see you on June 25th. Every one of these opportunities for service, every one of these projects, again, small or large, it's a mini mission. Love your neighbor is one of the most central basic themes we're taught. We go out and we do whatever will help this woman's uh, situation, and that's what it's all about. Show them where they are. My dog's name is Molly, and she's 16 years old, and she's half deaf and half blind, and she's really the only thing that I have left uh, of my husband. Uh, she was his dog and followed him everywhere. And now that he's gone, she's sort of my last living link to him. The gate had blown open and she had gotten out. So I went down the driveway calling her name and she follows her nose and ends up somewhere and then looks up and doesn't know where her house is. And then she's scared. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to finish up bagging all the leaves in the front and then we're going to come back here and we're going to actually blow all the leaves down the hill. Meet the Honey Dudes. They get their name from that famous list that often accompanies spouses into hardware stores, the Honey Dew List. The list of all the chores to be done around the house. So what do widows, single mothers, and the wives of deployed military do? In Flower Mound, Texas, they call the Honey Dudes. A lady in need will either call into the church office or email and we dispatch two guys. When we show up it could be anything that we do. Moving boxes, mowing the yard, trimming the bushes. Quick plumbing league, change a flapper on a commode. So I rolled on down the street and I found her in the next door neighbor's driveway. Uh, when the honey dudes were here, uh, they discovered, in addition to some loose boards, that there were a couple of posts that were rotted. They uh, went and got the materials and attached the fence. And now when Molly needs to go out, I don't have to worry about her getting out. I know that she's safe inside the yard. Most of the men in the group met while attending Bible study at Treach Memorial United Methodist Church. The dudes don't charge for their services. We've had the opportunity to influence other people these other churches are picking it up and they're starting their own honey dudes for their communities and it just keeps on getting this big. It's rarely about the job, it's the experience and bringing Christ into somebody's life. That's what this is about. Well this was full of leaves and branches and just complete chaos and you couldn't even see the grass and look at it now. It just gives us such peace of mind knowing that there is someone that will come and help us do the things our husbands or our sons or our brothers would do if they were available. 
So I saw like two things I could do on that video. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. I see, I go, mm -mm, no, that's not for me. Um, and that's what we're looking for is a sophisticated layers, sophisticated layers of mission of local, simple, all the way to traveling, somewhat complicated, so that if you want to participate in missions in this church, we've got an opportunity for you in every direction. So I appreciate Brett uh, bringing that back. And next Sunday in your bulletin, you're going to have a summer mission menu. And it's going to be all the things that we've been invited to do, both from uh, within our church and the uh, um, surrounding communities uh, around us. Um, three special things that are not within our practices. Um, one, uh, you might welcome three people that are in the space today. Judy Harris is here today. Judy, you want to wave to everyone? Judy loves to wave. Yeah. Right here. Chris Harris played bass four years in the nine o'clock service and his health has prohibited him from doing that. Judy has um, been a caring, loving spouse and, uh, uh, and as such can't come at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings, most uh, Sundays. Uh, Chris has had a significant procedure, is uh, on the road to recovery and uh, we've tried to support them in every way in that and um, we're grateful that you're here and we uh, hope, to find, hope um, one day he can join us again as well. I'm glad you're here. And uh, John, Alexander, and Emily Morris have a status change uh, this week. Uh, uh, got engaged, and uh, we're so uh, uh, grateful for y'all uh, being here and um, grateful uh, for the opportunity that y'all have. Um, blessings. Uh, administrative council meeting today is a big, big deal. Um, we are looking to change our um, chancel in the sanctuary. We hope it won't change for the people out in the sanctuary looking up. We hope it simply makes changes for more space uh, for choir members and more choir members to be able to join us. Uh, so if you want to hear that, you want to come directly following the 11 o'clock worship service today. Um, everything will be up on the screen. And, you'll, and, and you know what? If you can't do that and you want to just hang around after worship with me for 10 minutes, I can explain it to you. All right, so that's uh, got to be as much as you can absorb. Let's, uh, let's pray together. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing day in Scripture. One in which the Holy Spirit came in and overwhelmed a room of people worshiping. People already dedicated to following you and living in your will were inspired to an amplified message beyond the space that they were in, beyond the neighborhood that they were in, beyond the race that they belonged to. Help us hear that story anew today, Lord. Help us to make it our story. Inspire us as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're looking at Acts chapter 2 today, but before we do that, I'm going to give you a little setup. And your first uh, blank is layers in the Bible. Every time as a minister you move to a new church, you know more and more that there are going to be layers that you don't understand. And it's just a matter of time till you understand them. You know, the first couple of churches you go to, you think, oh, I pretty much understand this, and I pretty much understand this person having no idea that this person is connected to that person who was once married to that person and that they went to high school with this person and when they were in high school, whatever that may be. Churches have layers. Families have layers. Schools have layers. The Bible's got every bit of these layers and to help us understand it, we've got to peel some back. So the first one is a um, picture. This is the Passover and I know the um, light's drowning it out a little bit. Um, but this is a Passover meal. And there's a guy on the right there that's painting over the doorway. He's painting over the doorway in Egypt because the people, the Israelites in that time, who have appealed to Pharaoh so many times in so many different ways to be let go, 
have not been let go. And the only remaining thing is uh, something that's um, pretty violent, is that the Holy Spirit is going to come over all this, over all of Egypt, and those that don't have a mark on their house are going to experience death. That death is going to be so troubling to them that they'll beg for the Israelites to leave. And the Spirit passes over their house, which is why you call it Passover. And for years and years and decades and centuries, they celebrate this day on this day because it was the beginning of their liberation. The beginning of them taking their path back home. So one day when Jesus was going into Jerusalem, the big day he was going in, entering the city, there was Palm Sunday. Let's look at the next picture. He entered the city on Passover. So people who already had a significant understanding of what God can do for God's people if they're willing to listen experienced Jesus coming into town on the day that they were celebrating that. Now, if they're like us, if you think about Christmas, what's the craziest thing you can think of in your uh, uh, work life, academic life, home life, church life? is the week of Christmas season. If some crazy new thing was coming on the top of that, would you be excited? Oh, you'd be thinking, oh, I'm just trying to get my brownies ready and I'm just I'm trying to make sure I have uh, the children's clothes and the shirts on the right way. I'm making sh I want to make sure I have presents that mean something for everyone. I'm just trying to show up, much less do a new thing. On Passover, one of their highest, holiest days, Jesus enters town. Now, let's look at um, uh, your next phrase. Agriculture and the law. Because that's what we're celebrating this day in the life of the Jewish faith. It has to do with two things. Um, um, we have an image for that as well. The harvest and the law. Now, we don't bring in the harvest, most of us. I actually was on 101 yesterday, and um, those of you that travel 101, uh, just past coming back to town from that barn where there's weddings. This is the way I describe things to my family. <laughs> um, there's a house on the right with an enormous gate and, and a garage behind it, right? On the left is a guy who has a computer consulting business. He's got a sign out there. I saw wheat in that field yesterday when we were just driving around. Have you ever seen that in that field? We don't see that much. And I know that um, many of you, at least in your family, have had um, peaches or cattle or other things to do with agriculture. And that you understood those seasons and what it took to live out those seasons. Many of us don't have that. And so we don't celebrate the coming of the harvest. But they do. Both on the pagan side and on the religious side, there are celebrations of the harvest. But the other layer of this day is that it's the day that the law was given to the people in Israel. So Passover celebrates getting to leave. The giving of the law was when they were out in the wilderness, wandering around. Moses went up on a mountain and came down with the law. So you have a multi-layered holiday already in the Jewish faith, which is called Pentecost. And um, it has to do with the number of days after that um, event. So there's mixed emotions on this day. One is the great joy of the giving of the law, of the structure, of love of God. And the other is total despair that the people got distracted. You remember what the people did when Jesus was up on, or Moses was up on the mountain? They said, I don't know if he's coming back down. I don't know if he cares. Aaron, let's take every ring we have. Let's take every necklace we have. Let's take every bracelet we have. We'll melt them down and make a good golden calf. Moses came down off that mountain more heated than any parent has ever been at any child who wasn't doing anything close to what we discussed. In fact, if you keep reading in that story in a path in a way that we don't normally read in worship, 3,000 people lost their lives that day. 
due to that horrific anger. So this is a complicated day as well. And it's already a celebrated day in the life of the Jewish people. So verse 2, uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, celebrating the holiday I just discussed, which was only available because of Passover. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven, like a howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. So your next phrase is the fire. Fire was everywhere. And this is a new event called Pentecost on top of the old event called Pentecost. So there's a couple different ways to go with that in terms of expectations of what Christians were trying to do in the telling of this story. Were they stepping on the story that existed before and making sure that our Christianity stamps out your uh, Jewish faith? Were they amplifying the story and there's now a new thing that's happening? Or did it just happen to happen that day? I'm in the camp of amplifying. So let's look at um, an image of fire. Now, the church is always goofy about putting images and words and things out there that people who don't worship very often look and go, wait, is that a good thing? If this were our logo out, if we did a big poster, you know, like the, normally have Pepsi on them on the side, did a big poster, put it out on the yard for people to see, and it had just that, what would they think? Finally. <laughs> the Methodists are talking about hell. <laughs> Finally. Finally, they're going to motivate some people. Right? Am I right? No. No, I am right. That is the case. But that's not what this is. When we talk about a fire, typically you're talking about a destructive, destructive force. Um, I experienced, I, I grew up in a church about this size. And in the first grade, uh, it burned to the ground. Uh, but for the sanctuary. A teenager set it on fire on the roof. Um, one of my dear friends, uh, Michael Turner at Advent, we've mentioned him several times, renovating a church for expansion, for future growth of the church. They have tremendous things going on. Fire just ends their dreams. And they have a blank piece of paper now. Normally a destructive force. Today it's a creative inspiration. Today fire is uniting people. With one of the main things that divides people. And that's language. Think how we're divided in our own language. How we say things. What kind of accents we have. Um, I have staff and lay people tell me two and three months later after an event, I had no idea what you were talking about when you texted me that day. Because the way I describe it, in like the normal person describes it. Think what is lost when we email one another. What percentage of understanding, what percentage of depth, what percentage of intent is lost when we email one another. And then even face to face. You ever see two people that are agreeing with one another that look like they're arguing with one another? And they go, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, this is what I was saying. And they say the same thing the person right there said. We're divided by our own language. Much less different languages. So it says pious Jews, people who are faithful in their religion and their practice and their belief, who had come a long distance from countries that speak different languages, are gathered in the same worship space. And in that same worship space, there's a fire. And with that fire, there's the breaking down of communication barriers. And here's the interesting thing. I don't, I don't know if you notice it, if you pay attention to logos much. I want you to look at the United Methodist logo. You ever see that? Um, some churches are going away from the United Methodist logo and, and from denomination, any denominational look whatsoever. 
based on the fact that um, it, it looks cool not to be denominational. But you'll see this all the time on our church and things that we're doing. And the significance being the sacrifice that was made at the cross, what the cross was overcome, and that fire is something that's significant. Especially to this story. Verse 7. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other eleven disciples. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. That's real. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Your last phrase. The story is amplified. And you ever seen studies where um, uh, college kids are given non-alcoholic beer to see if they start acting differently. And some of them do. Because they feel that drinking it means that they can now be free, means that they can now truly express who they are. Meaning they're holding who they are very tightly. And when you hold who you are very tightly from the people around you, then you're looking for any opportunity to not hold it so tightly. And that desire to not hold it so tightly is what causes you to want to consume whatever that is so that you'll have an excuse to do what? Let it go. That's real. They're saying the only reason these people are showing this kind of enthusiasm, the only reason they can do what they're doing is because they're drunk. The only reason they can be real, the only reason they can break down barriers... The only reason there can be any progress is because they're inhibited. No, uninhibited. Peter says, mm. no, number one, because it's early in the day. That's clearly not what we're doing. And number two, because that's not what we do. We don't have to do that. That's not key to us being able to break down these barriers and communicate with one another. So the story is amplified by the Galileans from last week. Remember what I said last week? Bye, Galileans. You're not going to stay where you are. You're going to go different places. This message is going to go different places. This story is amplified by choice and by force. People who would have, you know what, if this were me, likely I'm going in. I don't speak the language that everyone else speaks. I want to worship. I'm going over. I'm not saying much to anybody. And it's a, I'm claiming it's tunnel vision for worship. The reality is, I fear I'm going to say something stupid to this person. So let's limit that. Those barriers are broken down. And everyone involved is hearing the exact same message with one another. The story is amplified because those that wondered, those that believed, those that persecuted are all in the same room. Those that wondered if Jesus knew what Jesus was talking about and didn't necessarily pull the trigger. Those that believed and were heartbroken and horrified by what happened were in the room. Those that were the ones persecuting Christians, thinking they were the end of anything good for the faith, were all in the same room. The story is amplified to them as well, which is probably a greater barrier than language could ever be. What we believed was true. So today we gather around the table. Today we extend our hands. And before we come to the table, we recognize the ways in which we impeded anything that God was trying to do. By doing something or not doing something. By saying something, by not saying something. We impeded. We'll say that. And we're sorry. We'll forgive one another. And we'll make a new commitment to participate at this table with open hands. And then what happens? Hopefully, the story is amplified. Let's pray together.
Lord, we thank you for your patience and persistence with your people for thousands of years. We thank you for your relentless pursuit of offering opportunity, not forcing obedience, but offering opportunity to follow. We thank you for your son who came to teach us and show us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who's here to inspire us and lead us to this day. Bring us to your table, Lord. Help us to have open hands. Help us to have repentant hearts. Help us to have a willingness to follow and amplify this story. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. I want you to remain standing for the first part of the liturgy. And I missed that. And I'm sorry. I'll tell you what. Just give me one second. Because it's important. to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Joyful obedience is not possible if we feel such great depth of pain and regret and anger over ways in which we've fallen short. We acknowledge that we haven't loved. We failed to be obedient. We haven't done God's will. We've rebelled. We haven't loved our neighbors. We haven't heard the cry of the needy. Corporately, we acknowledge this. Corporately, we ask for forgiveness. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, each of you are forgiven. We are forgiven. If you'll offer one another signs of reconciliation and peace. You'll see it on the back of the bulletin on the extravagant generosity. You can give as the plate comes by and you can also text to give or sign up for online giving.
Passover we described was being celebrated in Jerusalem outside the doors which the disciples were in. Celebrating God's amazing love sweeping over the city and allowing them freedom. The people who were celebrating it thought that Jesus was the antithesis of it. And so these men huddled in this room in deep fear, not knowing what would happen. In the midst of that fear, in the midst of that pain, Jesus took something they had done every single day, an element they used all the time and henceforward. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me those men were broken after that night and in great pain for the next week and then those same men were gathered in the space of which we celebrated today with the um, message being expanded I encourage us to follow in that pattern. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome to do so. We serve by intinction, which means that one of us will give you a piece of bread and you dip it into the cup and eat it and return to your seat. You'll come by the middle and you'll go back by the outside. And if you're on this side, just watch out for the cord and the carpet. And don't go anywhere. Oh, oh good. Hmm. <laughs> Um, we have gluten-free elements on the table. If you would like them, just make sure you pass the person by that has bread and um, join the line again. Uh, already.
see shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever to confess for corporate forgiveness and for the chance to serve going forward. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. You'll please stand and join us for our last song.
God loves you. Knowing that God calls you. Knowing that God expects you to share this table with others. Go in peace.